Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. It's about the power of female friendships by the Satellite Sisters. Do you have a girls' weekend coming up or maybe just a girls' night out, a birthday, a shower, a wedding? You're the best is a great thank you gift for the Satellite Sisters in your life. Tell your girlfriends they're the best. Find You're the Best at Amazon or wherever books are sold. We're the Satellite Sisters. You're listening to our TV recap of the Masterpiece PBS drama, Pole Dark. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm with my sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas, Texas. And Julie... We're we're heating up. I mean, stuff is happening now. Life or death in this episode. What'd you think of this one? It, it was a very dramatic episode. I liked it a lot, Lee. And finally, we're seeing action and then tragedy. So lots to talk about. And I apologize for my voice. I know it sounds like I've been down in the mine with Paul Dark and Francis, but but that's not true. Uh, I just have a cold. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Yeah. All right. This was, uh, we're going to be talking about season two, episode three, season two, episode three, right? Or episode four. Oh, what is it? I don't know. (laughs) It's episode four. Okay. We're doing two TV recaps simultaneously. Madam Secretary and Poldark, they're both on at the same time and their numbers are like complete opposite. So I, so Madam Secretary is season three. This is season two, episode four. All right, season two, episode four, as I uh, as I remember. Anyway, it starts with the flashback. It's the one that starts with the flashback, people, of two little boys, adorable boys, running down the beach in Cornwall. And we don't know now, but that's going to, we're going to revisit this flashback scene at the end. And then we learn that we've jumped ahead a full year from the last episode. So, but to me, this, this episode had two real personalities. There was loving and fun, and then there was foreboding and tragic. So on the loving and fun part, Julie, we had that sassy talk between Demelza Demelza and Ross. There was some good back and forth between those two. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. They have a a very intimate relationship. Yeah. And we got a piece of that this week. We were on board with that. Okay. As you predicted, Julie, Caroline in the red coat, she returned and Dr. Ennis just went for it. I mean, the two of them, that was a good scene. We're going to talk about later. Yes. Yeah. Irresistible. Yeah. And then even sad sack Francis got a little action from Elizabeth in this one. <laughs> it was kind of amazing. I, I mean, this was a fantastic episode for Francis. I mean, maybe fantastic is the wrong word, <laughs> but it was a powerful episode for Francis. And yes, he was able, even there was some loving moments between Francis and Elizabeth. Yeah. It does make, um, those two make it seem like separate bedrooms, not a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the knocking on the door at the end of the day. Yeah. Are you, uh, may I come in? Oh, okay. It's like, uh, you know, she's so, so busy combing that hair all the time. All right. And then foreboding and tragic. All right. We had just a lot of mining and fighting and smuggling and snitching. Some of the scenes I couldn't even understand, Julie. 
The- well, they're very dark. First of all, it's always it's dark in the mine. It's dark when they're doing the smuggling. It's uh, it's dark when they're snitching. But yes, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm, and they, okay, then also foreboding and tragic, we have Elizabeth just deciding to unload on Ross in some really inappropriate dinner party conversation. Did that shock you that she just said, yes. "Oh, I love basically, I love you. I love two men. I love you." Yes. Well, first, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I somehow hit the dial pad. I didn't even know there was one. Okay. I apologize for that technical. We sound like amateurs today. I know. When Elizabeth said, can't a woman love two men? I I just about fell off my chair. I think Poldark almost fell off his chair too. Yeah. He started drinking heavily after that. And then finally in the foreboding and tragic, like honest to goodness, Francis, why didn't he learn to swim? How could he not swim, for goodness I sakes? Know. I know. All right. First, I have a few questions. Uh, you can answer these, Julie, or you can see them as rhetorical, whatever you'd like to do. All right. First of all, since when is Francis a magistrate? When did that, that happen? That was su- surprising <laughs> when he put on the wig. Didn't know he could do that. But again, he it was Francis, the, the magistrate, that outsmarted the older, meaner magistrate in the wig. Yeah, so that was good for him. All right, we have Verity's uh, husband, Captain Gilbert and Sullivan. Where is he? Like, Verity just shows up. She apparently is never leaving. She has no duties at home. Where's Captain Gilbert and Sullivan? I don't know, Liam. I don't am often on a ship, no doubt. All right, how about the Redcoats? Didn't they learn anything during the Revolutionary War? I mean, how about buy some green coats? It just, it seems like a very outdated method of war attire. Don't you think? Yeah. Camo. You got to go with it. Just right. Would seem obvious after we killed him, you know, literally uh, and figuratively in the Revolutionary War. And then finally, did it seem strange to you that Ross and Francis were holding hands during that dance? <laughs> yeah, that? there was a lot of that. There were like swinging couples there, you know? I mean, that whole dance was inappropriate as far as I could tell. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to our main storylines. Okay. Storyline one I identified as mining and fighting and smuggling and snitching, blah, blah, blah. Okay. There was a lot of mine details, some fighting. There was some smuggling happening. And then there's some snitching going on. So these are all sort of like what men do when they leave their cottages. And so uh, Francis and Ross, like they, they poured all their savings into a new engine. I thought they had poured all their savings into the new mine. Where do they keep getting any money? I don't- they are so in debt, Leon. I mean, it's uh, it's staggering. They're not going to make any money uh, on this whatsoever. I, I was, yeah, I really didn't care about the new engine, seeing the sh- uh, shots of the new engine drill, but whatever, you know, and... Uh, uh, but uh, the fighting, that's kind of interesting. And the snitching to me is interesting. Okay. <laughs> right. So then we had smuggling too. And we know from the episode last time that Ross has become sort of an amateur smuggler. He allows people to, to come up on his cove and he takes a portion of it. Demelza is really against this. She doesn't want him to go back into prison. And he keeps saying basically, Hey, you know, I'm doing the best I can. We're totally broke. Do you want me to end up in debtor's prison? And then to make matters worse, then he finds out that George the Weasel has acquired his debt now, has acquired his paper of debt. He owes a thousand pounds ASAP to George the Weasel. Like that seemed tedious. I was a little, t- I'm a little tired of George the Weasel constantly going after this poor guy, but what are you going to do? So to me, it was sort of a blah, blah, blah storyline, Mo- moving some things forward, but not that interesting. 
Well, it's added pressure on Poldark, no doubt. And and George is still doing that fancy fighting. I don't know if that's going to become an Olympic event where you wear high heels and a ruffled shirt and uh, dance around the room. Uh, but uh, <laughs> You would think after that beatdown he got last week where he had to resort to like eye gouging that he would take up fencing or something. Like enough nope, with nope. the fighting. He's sticking with the fancy fighting lane. Yep. Okay. All right. Love is in the air. Second storyline. Caroline returns in the red coat to her uncle's house. She claims she's never going to see Dr. Ennis again, but she just can't quit him. So she's back Uh, under sort of the false pretense that maybe she's going to get engaged to the fop politician before she comes of age. Her uncle very much wants that. But really, she's come back for Dr. Ennis, hasn't she, Joel? She has met her match with Dr. Ennis because, uh, you know, she's gorgeous and she's used to having men fall all over her. And Dr. Ennis was, you know, he was dedicated to his work and to helping the people in the community and, and just thinking about medicine. But then he he's mesmerized by her, too. Right. So the uncle gives what he hopes will be an engagement party. And he tells us straight up, you know, this is I don't really entertain. So you better make it worth my while. And she she's crafty. She won't commit to anything. And sure enough, she turns down the fop politician and and she confronts Dr. Ennis. She wants him to know she's she's available and he takes her up on it and they have quite a kiss in the uh, in the woods there at eight o'clock in the morning as I know prancing around on their horses that was a good moment that was a very touching scene they both sort of laid their souls bare he basically said i don't come across women like you very often i'm a poor doctor and she basically said i don't know anything about men i'm an heiress which i often say i don't know <laughs> i've used that line with men i know it and works, you, that it works when yeah. you just say uh, i'm an heiress I've been trained as an heiress. I know how to stand and walk and talk like an heiress. That's enough? Okay. That's a good line. Do you have that red coat? Because you should get one. That color was so magnificent and made that, uh, you know, Caroline, who's already gorgeous, look even more gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, they had quite a kiss. And then the promise is like, I'm going to fend off these husbands until I come of age. And basically saying to Dr. Ennis, I'll be back. What is of age, do you think? I wonder? Well, that's what I was trying to calculate. Was she, you know, is that 18? So she's only 17 in this scene? Oh, she looks older than that, though, right? Yeah, she does look older than that. So that's why I, I couldn't figure it, figure it out. Who knows? So, like the rules may be like 25, some weird just because we think of 18 and 21. But, you know. But this was set 1700. Right. And so would you think it would be even younger, not older, you know, but she doesn't look she doesn't look like a teenager. So no. and I hope and then I worried that, well, maybe Dr. Ennis shouldn't be kissing a teenager. Maybe there would be some law against that. Well, so. there may be something of age might be about like, you know, they they really didn't want to give women money anyway, like at any cost. So maybe they waited a few years to do that. Remember, uh-huh. they had almost no rights then. So uh, so it, it, I was thinking of age must be like 21 or 23, something older than that, because she's kind of held out. She definitely does not look 16 or 17. Um, you know, I don't know. So and, you know, here's the thing, Julie. I started to actually do some research on the show. Like I thought, oh, I'm going to look up a few details. And as soon as you Google it, you, you know, the, it's, we're, we're behind the UK's version. Oh. So I got some spoilers. Gosh darn it. Oh, I Lynn, went, no. I know. 
So darn it. So uh, I'm sorry that I Googled it. So if you're wondering, well, why don't you just Google this? Because I don't want to ruin the rest of the season. <laughs> so you're just going to have to guess along with this. If you happen to know the rules of, you know, the early 18, or late 18th, early 18th century British inheritance rules, let us know. So, uh, but I tried to Google a few things and mm, that did not work out well for me. All right. So we're very happy about this. This is exciting. And sort of an episode that really took a look at the lives of these three couples, Demelza and Ross, Francis and Elizabeth, and Caroline and Dr. Ennis. This was very positive, sweet, but I thought very modern sort of laying it all bare on the cards, laying it all bare. I liked it. All right. Then I had just the storyline of Aunt Agatha and Verity. Like, yeah. What do you think about Aunt Agatha? I think she's yeah. a witch. I think she's a Wiccan. <laughs> she's she's so surprising in every scene. Yeah. One scene she's dead. Next scene she's up and she's you know she's got things to say and she's charging around at people. And then she's got a cough and Verity has to come to take care of it. So she is really a surprising woman. But yeah, and then she had that bizarre exchange with George the Weasel, like. I hope you die, old woman. Oh, I hope you die. No, you die first. You die. <laughs> and then kiss my old hand yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, she's going to seek her revenge. Well, because she's a pole darkly. And yeah. so, so there, there is no love lost between her and George. She's also, we had the same problem at Downton Abbey where we kept asking, especially by the latter seasons, like, how old are these people? And uh, Agatha, is she 60? Is she 160? Is that what 45 looks like? I don't know. I have no idea. She's probably much younger, but uh, she just really misses Verity. Uh, clearly, like Elizabeth, mm, whatever. She really misses Verity, who's flesh and blood, her own flesh and blood. And she's just trying to lure Verity back to the house. So I thought that was kind of sweet that, you know, she really just misses her niece. I mean, she's not sick because uh, Dr. Ennis prescribed warm milk and juniper, juniper be uh, berries. So <laughs> I don't think she has anything fatal disease. I hope she doesn't. Because if that's all she's getting, she's in trouble. All right. But really, finally, the storyline that stood out was just Elizabeth the Vixen. All right, Julie, I don't like her now. I hate her now. You don't? I'm sorry. Well, I, I think what she, I think she's underhanded. You know, let's remember, Demelza saved the life of her child. Okay. Right. And now she is boldly and blatantly trying to steal Demelza's husband away. I think. Why else do you say that? You're both married and they've been both married for a while now. Why right. why with would you children. confess that? Married what? with children. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know why they were seated next to each no. other uh, at the dinner. Okay. Why can't you sit next to your own husband? Why they had to mix it around like that. Yeah. But yes, she was cold and calculating. She was she was all proper on the outside, but then she is delivering that, you know, the words that Poldark wants to hear that I still love you and that you will always be part of me and I will always be part of you. So, and poor Demelza is sitting down the other end and she has to talk about smugglers with the guy in the red coat. Yeah. I know. And, you know, Demelza, I mean, they do the wardrobe. Elizabeth, the wardrobe does an amazing job because Elizabeth always looks you know, perfect. You know, she's Brander. always, yes. even though yes. she allegedly has no money either. And Demelza always has that touch of wild child, not quite, you know, up to snuff thing. And in fact, that was a, a line Ross kept saying, like, you judge yourself. Was it Ross that said that you judge yourself against other standards and you have your own standards and, you know, you're, you're your own person. Uh, 
And then there was the bath scene. But um, but Elizabeth the Vixen, I don't like it. And then, of course, we have the tragedy of Francis dying at the end. Did you? I thought he was going to be saved. I didn't know he actually died. Was Did that surprise okay. you? Yeah, yes, it did. I well, this whole this whole episode, the part I liked about it was it, it did. You saw Francis first. He was wearing the wig, and he he outsmarted the magistrate. And then it was Francis, the family man. He was tender with Elizabeth and tender with his son. He forgave his sister Verity, welcomed her back into the house. So all these things were going right. He's in the mine. He's right. working shoulder to shoulder with Poldark. And then he makes the discovery. They find the they find the seam they've been looking for, you know, and he's he's just, you know, he's really transformed himself, you know. So it should be a period where, you know, he enjoys all this success. And uh and then he just slips and falls and you know, and dr- and freezes and drowns to death in the mine, yeah. you know, by himself. Yeah. So that was I was really surprised about that, Leon, and saddened because it had been such a lovely episode for Francis. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, I'm always uh, I admire when they can make that dramatic turn, like when they kill off a main character like that. And it's kind of surprising, like Sybil, you know, in Downton yes. Abbey. We're still yes. not over that. And uh, and this didn't have the same sort of terrible impact, but you can tell it's going to change things forever because right there at the funeral. Oh, Elizabeth moves right in. And Ross, who really should have been, I think, uh, more strident at the dinner party. I think he should have put Elizabeth off and spoken up on behalf of Demelza. He really didn't. You know, he had a few more drinks, but he really right. he really didn't go, yeah, we're not going there. It's done. It's over. He did not put her off. And then there at the funeral, that last scene, you know, oh, she breaks down, sobs in Ross's ar- arms, and then he lays his head on her shoulder. And there's Demelza, the look on her face. I you know where know. this is heading. Oh, I know so, I, you, you got to feel for Demelza, you know, cause she's sold everything in the house. She has like, she is so dedicated to Ross. They have this new lovely son now and she's fishing. She's out fishing in the cove by herself. You know, she's doing it all and she's, you know, protecting Ross. And, but I mean, he, the, those feelings run deep for Elizabeth. And this is where Ross is so self-centered sometimes, yeah. you know, that that's as a character, he's, he's not likable. No, he's really not. I mean, he runs hot and cold, like yeah. very yeah, charming are... in the bath, but really like 20 seconds later, also, you know, basking in Elizabeth's attention. That's just wrong. Yeah. He's, he's very self-centered. He's all about Ross. Yeah. That was a very nice bath scene. Was... That's what I'll say. <laughs> It's a good bath scene. It's a good bath scene. Okay. All right. I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel good. Like I just, over the course of the show, my, my disdain for Elizabeth grew and grew and grew. And that last scene, oh gosh, I just, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't like it. I don't like where it's headed, Julie. I don't like where it's headed. Um, all right. Anything else? Any other thoughts? No, I think that's it, uh, Leanne. I, I agree. And then Elizabeth, as well as making the moves in on Poldark, you know, she's she is sort of jockeying for a, for some kind of role vis-a-vis George, because right. George obviously ha- is enamored with Elizabeth as well. And that's now that thing. Francis yeah. is out of the picture, uh, George, I'm sure, will start to make even more moves and put more pressure on Elizabeth. Because because of his role with the mine and because uh, he's, you know, he would like he would like nothing better than to than to, you know, to marry Elizabeth, I think. 
You know what Elizabeth needs? She needs a job. You know, if she had a job, she wouldn't have this much. You know, Demel's is out there catching fish. She she right. doesn't have time to scheme. And Elizabeth's like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to, you know, be in love with two men and play along with this George the Weasel and you know pretend to be all innocent. She needs a job. I- <laughs> Well, she's just so incredibly beautiful. I Men know. fall all over her. So that's, a, you know, that's hard. It's hard to have a good sense of yourself when, you know, like men are throwing themselves at you. We don't, we, we don't have that issue. Maybe. No, we right. don't. Yeah. We don't. We've never had that issue, nor the heiress issue. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. We do a podcast every week that, believe it or not, has nothing to do with Poldark. It has to do with news, talk, and laughs. That's posted every Tuesday. We also do a recap of the CBS drama Madam Secretary. You can find us all the time at SatelliteSisters.com. There are tons of shows at iTunes, tons of shows at Stitcher. We've been doing this for 16 years, and we're glad you're here listening to Poldark and Handsome with us. All right, Julie, have a great week. You too. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.